This is a Diet of Brussels. What is Euroscepticism? It's our hundredth uh, episode, somehow, uh, mere six months in, uh, which suggests poor planning on my part. Uh, and I thought I'd take uh, this opportunity to talk about something that's uh, very close to the kind of research that I do, um, but which is also stepping back a little bit from the, the narrow issue of the referendum. Now, uh, uh, Euroscepticism is one of these t- subjects that uh, arouses a lot of passion. It's something which is particularly uh, common as part of the British debates about the EU. But it's also an area that we, we have a lot of issues around. There's not a very good understanding of what the concept is or means uh, or of what impact it has. So I just want to work through a few thoughts with you uh, to prompt some reflection and discussion. First point, I think, that I want to make is that uh, Euroscepticism is not an ideology. Uh, despite that uh, particular word formation, the ism, it's not uh, informed by one single ideology. If it has any meaning at all, it is uh, an attitudinal uh, disposition to say there's something about some aspect of European integration that I don't like. Now, that doesn't sound very erudite or learned, uh, and it's not particularly meant to be. If you spend time, uh, as I have, uh, talking and reading and listening to Eurosceptics, you see that they come from very different backgrounds. You have scepticism on the right, uh, talking about nationalism, talking about uh, national security, uh, national identities have been very important things that are under threat. You also get it from the left, who talk about the undermining of social security, of workers' rights, uh, of those kinds of issues. And you also get it from other points of the political compass, any political point that you want, uh, whether that's uh, green politics, uh, even liberals. Uh, if you look at Germany, uh, the Alternative for Deutschland is a very a liberal party, but one which has a, a, a principled opposition to the single currency. Now, all of these uh, don't really share much else in common, except to say the EU is uh, an example of where their ideologies, more properly understood, uh, encounter difficulties. Now, that tells you something a bit about the EU, which is to say that the EU... Uh, is a place where you are trying to build consensus, where you're trying to work across differences, managing, managing them. And in doing that, you tend to have to come up with something that looks a bit fudgy, a bit messy, uh, a little bit complicated in terms of the payoffs and the trade-offs. that You offset uh, costs in one area with benefits elsewhere. So there's always going to be something that doesn't look right to you. And, uh, you know, if we think about the opposite of Euroscepticism, you know, pro-Europeanism, there are also lots of very different views about what uh, the EU looks like and what it should look like. That, I, I think, is an important point to make because uh, too often we say we mustn't let the Eurosceptics win or uh, Eurosceptics have got it all wrong. We have to be much clearer about what we mean by Eurosceptics. Who are these people? In the UK, we've got some who talk about uh, leaving the EU. We've got a lot who talk about that. But in a European context, that's a relatively rare kind of debate. A lot more of it is about changing the system, modifying it. 
And that really is the the second point that I, I'd want to, to stress. One of the real issues that the EU has had is how does it deal with these kinds of voices, these kinds of attitudes? Because the EU is meant as a, a consensus-building machine, uh, it's not really designed for people who stand in opposition to what it's doing or how it's doing it. But these people tend to get pushed outside of the, the big tent uh, of decision-making, they tend not to have a place in the system where they can articulate their voice, which is often one of the reasons why uh, Eurosceptics might start with some specific discontent but quickly end up feeling that the whole system doesn't work for them and the only option they have is really to reject that system as a whole. The consequence has been, I think, that the EU for a long time has been very bad, very poor about even acknowledging the existence of Eurosceptics, let alone taking them seriously. It's really only in the last few years that you've seen any kind of uh, institutional effort to pick up on these kind of voices, to recognise that these people need to be uh, listened to, that even if they don't have answers that people find uh, to be acceptable, in large part, might well still have justifiable critiques. And I think that's a fair point, that actually a lot of what Eurosceptics say, whatever they might be, is actually uh, fair enough that the system is not perfect uh, and never will be perfect because political systems never are. But if we don't take some account of what's going on uh, in these kinds of circles, that then we risk uh, a real issue in terms of finding solutions that work for the large majority of people. So Euroscepticism is not... uh, monolithic. It's not uh, defined by an ideological basis, but it is still present. And it's not really taken seriously by the EU, uh, either at the European level, or indeed still, I think, at the national level. There's still a sense that somehow we can laugh it off or say, oh, they're all ridiculous and we don't need to pay any attention. This all matters because Euroscepticism is not uh, a passing phenomenon. It's a structural part of the integration process now. I think we can acknowledge that that's the case. That to imagine any kind of uh, future in the next uh, few years or even the next decades where uh, the very large majority of people are either acquiescent or actively supporting integration, I think is very hard to foresee. We need some major, major shock that comes in uh, to make that even vaguely possible. So the EU needs to change, and it needs to acknowledge that there is a broader diversity of voices out there than currently exist. Now, one of those potential places where that might happen is precisely in this referendum. So as we go along, it'll be interesting to see how much discussion there is between the different groups, the different sides that are involved rather than just talking past each other.